Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Ezri, and this is your guys' first time listening to the show. Welcome. This podcast is free and available on all major recording platforms with podcasts coming out four to five days a week. If you are new to the channel or new to the podcast, excuse me, and if you enjoy the overall content, please do me a favor and subscribe and leave a rating. All of that helps me out a ton. Um, just want to say thank you to everybody for taking the time out of their days to listen to my podcast. Hope you're having a great feel-good blue Friday. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit longer than we have a little bit this week. Uh, I got a lot of stuff coming on. We got uh, UW cover today, Wazoo, college football, Hawks, Mariners, all that stuff. Uh, let's just get straight into it. Around the world, as always, we start out with Andre Iguodala, one of my favorite baseball uh, basketball players of all time. Will resign with the Golden State Warriors for his final season. He announced on his podcast this morning he will retire at the end of the season. Mike Tomlin will stick with quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Um, this has been a little bit of a soft spot, obviously, for Pittsburgh uh, Steelers fans as they're watching Mitch Trubisky literally just pretty much do nothing with that offense. Uh, makes a handful of throws. It's enough. He's like, to me... He's a good comparison for him would be like a 2.0 version of Mason Rudolph is what I see with Mitch. Unfortunately, I want to see Kenny Pickett play. I do because I think the kid's got a lot of a lot of characteristic, a good fit for the city of Pittsburgh, fits well within their offensive scheme. But they got to do a better job of giving Najee Harris the ball and more opportunities. 12 carries last night for Najee Harris. That's it. That's all you can muster is 12 total carries, which without a doubt for me and for many other fantasy owners is killing us because Najee Harris is a 20 plus carry, you know, bell cow back and it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know if this means that their offensive line isn't that good. Maybe that's the overall problem. Who knows? Um, I don't actively cover the Pittsburgh Steelers on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis but there's something clearly not right with this offense right now. Uh, Deontay Johnson's getting a handful of uh, uh, receptions and whatnot, but Clay Chase, Clay, uh, Chase Claypool, excuse me, is not getting much of anything. George Pickens had a hell of a catch last year, a little OBJ-esque uh, picture uh, of a catch. But just kind of a questionable decision about what's going on in Pittsburgh right now. Obviously, I feel bad for Pittsburgh Steelers fans because Mr. Trubisky is boring to watch, as I saw last night on television. Uh, obviously, as I'm talking about this game, uh, Cleveland beat Pittsburgh, for those who didn't watch, 29-17. Jacoby Brissett was pretty efficient last night, going 21 of 31 in the air for 220 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Nick Chubb went 23 rushes for 113 yards and a, and a tub. And overall, just kind of a good day. Amari Cooper had a pretty good day also for fantasy owners. And uh, for those who play, uh, I can't think. I just had, I literally just drew a blank for the type of fantasy. But uh, it's been a good year for uh, a lot of fantasy owners early with the amount of production coming from wide receivers. I'm going to be doing a wide receiver breakdown on the rookies. Uh, Drake London, uh, Garrett Wilson, all those guys and upcoming podcasts here probably next week kind of give you an idea on what I see with that because there's a good article and good stats coming out on the just the amount of quality wide receivers coming out in these latest last few drafts. Jason Pierre-Paul, JPP, assigned with the Baltimore Ravens on a one-year deal worth up to $5.5 million. And uh, Kawhi Leonard, surprisingly, cleared for five-on-five five drills as he continues to rehab from his partially torn ACL. Um, I'm a big Clippers fan, have been for a long time. Uh, I really enjoy, 
their coaching style. I like the way they play basketball. I thought that they had a really good chance to make it a couple of years ago, but unfortunately, uh, Kawhi Leonard has been pretty disappointing in his time with the Clippers. But uh, with him and Paul George, and Paul George has never really been, obviously, Indiana Paul George, which was pristine. But unfortunately, I kind of lost and fall in love with the NBA just due to the fact that the stars are more worried about flopping and stuff like that. But like I said, that's a different conversation for a different day. So we'll just kind of be curious to see what happens with that. I know that in a preseason game this year, in a few weeks, I believe it is, when the Clippers come to Climate Pledge Arena to play their preseason game versus the Portland Trailblazers. There's an anticipation or a chance that they will announce an expansion, but I don't believe in that. The thing to watch, though, is with the whole Robert Sarver thing I've been covering the last couple of days with him being pressured to sell the Phoenix Suns along with the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, anticipate that there's a chance that Jeff Bezos will be offering a deal to buy the uh, Phoenix, or, uh, Phoenix team franchise and then bring them up to Seattle. But like I said, that's just a rumor right now. There's nothing verified about this. This is just the Twitterverse. So just wanted to bring that up to you guys today. Mariners. I got a long Mariner section today um, because rightfully so, it's been a frustrating few days with an all-time high yesterday for, 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 for the Mariners. Uh, lack of offense has been a glaring issue as of late. Yesterday's game was a true roller coaster of emotions. Julio starts off the game with a double. Nice effort going in. Looked like a nice smooth swing. Looked fairly simple, fairly smooth. Unfortunately, when he ran out to the outfield after his first inning hit, he reached out to Mitch and just told Mitch that he didn't feel right. Obviously, they yanked him. Uh, there is no update on his uh, MRI or anything yet. I have been checking almost every half an hour on Bleacher Report, trying to get her Twitter uh, via Ryan Divish or Shannon Dreyer, uh, obviously the main uh, the mainstays on getting the latest information before it gets to the larger applications. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, just kind of, I feel like I'm just kind of repeating myself today, but the fact that Julio started the game with the double followed by the RBI single, the offense finally showed up, scoring a couple three quick runs, which obviously as of late is feel like a treat because we all, we haven't been able to hit much of anything lately. However, George Kirby just looked off from the very beginning of yesterday's start. Command and Velo were just way off in general. Allowing three walks for, for George Kirby is like hell freezing for a like an analogy. He had, like I believe, 13 walks to 130-something strikeouts entering yesterday's start. So clearly, I don't know if it was a little bit of uh, his arm was a little tired or maybe he was just a little bit of a funk in that day, but you could just see on the mound, he just didn't look right. And it's bound to happen. Pitchers sometimes just don't have it. They just don't have it from, from time to time. And when they don't, you got to have long relief, which thank God we have Matt Boyd and Chris Flexen. Uh, I don't, from yesterday's uh, pitch count line, I apologize. I didn't have every breakdown, which sometimes I do, that uh, Chris Flexen did not pitch, but Matt Boyd did. So... Be curious to see what happens becomes of that. But talking, speaking of the bullpen, they were absolutely tremendous yesterday coming in and essentially eating up three quarters of the entire game. Matt Boyd was critical in this. He has been excellent in his shortened time with, with the bullpen and the Mariners organization in his long relief role. Just being completely dominant, being very consistent, not blowing guys away, but uh, consistently executing his pitches, which is what you need to see out of the long relief role in the bullpen. Obviously, the injury to Julio was disappointing, or and has been disappointing as he continues to deal with it with a tight lower back issue. Per Greg Bishop, 
Um, I have not gone to listen to it quite yet on the Mike Salk show. I'm about 20 minutes away from listening to the Greg Bishop thing, which I'm sure will probably reiterate the fact that I'm going to talk about with him being placed on the 10-day IL with his lower back tightness. Most likely they'll recall either Taylor Trammell. I heard that Forrest Wall, for those who don't know who he is, he is this outfield prospect for the AAA Rainiers. Good athlete, not a lot of pop inside the bat, maybe decent-ish bat, maybe Mendoza line 200 or so. But good athlete, good arm, runs well. So um, just kind of a replacement, kind of like what they try to do with Janet, with Travis Jan Janikowski that I've talked about, I don't know, 10, 15 times on this podcast. So be curious to see what becomes of that. But overall, we just got to keep our fingers and toes crossed that Julio will just need 10 days and we can kind of just weather the storm until he, he returns. Jared Kellenick, welcome back, buddy. Welcome back. From his first at bat yesterday, where he drew a walk, which obviously isn't flashy, was a step in the right direction for Jared Kelenic. It really showed good plate discipline, was one of the main things that Jerry and Scott reiterated that they wanted to see him work on in AAA. His batting stance looks much more simplified in general. Little to no movement and a shortened swing, no more big leg kicks, smaller rise of the leg is, is allowing him to have a quicker uh, route to the baseball, which is critical for Jared Kelenic, especially with how he likes to be able to hit the ball to all fields, which makes him just that much more of a tantalizing prospect. Second at bat, obviously takes a pitch that is fairly difficult, low and inside, and absolutely destroyed it to a tune of 427 feet, 108 exit velo. Just jumped on the first pitch and saw what he's been doing a AAA, just capitalizing on mistakes and, uh, I want to kind of touch on this after we get through the third AB because I just gets into this. But the fact that he took a semi, a semi funky arm slot, left-handed pitcher yesterday, slightly raised fastball on the inside corner and puts it inside the gap is an absolutely beautiful thing to see. In my, in my opinion, the most impressive thing from yesterday's game with Jared Kelnick is that he struggled so mightily against left-handed pitchers in the big leagues this season. But the ability for him to hit that ball, have a hustle double, tie that ball game in a big moment. Jared Koenig on base three times yesterday. Absolutely huge day at the plate for Jared, the young belief kid, Kellenic. What I want to talk about, and like I just uh, reiterated about a minute or two ago, about wanting to, to touch on something. Jared Kellenic, his issue at the plate has specifically been, and quite easily been without a doubt, the decision on which pitches to swing at, right? Um, he was swinging at a lot of pitches that were up out of the zone, uh, you know, wailing at sliders, sweeping curves, slurves that go out, out, out of the plate, excuse me. But when you see Jared Kelenic yesterday, right? And I know one game obviously is a very small sample size. I'm not going to say that it's like a revelation at the plate. It's not. But I'm breaking this down at... Uh, per at bat to give you guys an idea of what I'm looking at, the things that I'm looking for, and kind of gives me uh, just a better idea and a better way to explain how I'm seeing what I'm seeing and why I'm seeing more what I'm looking for, you know? Jared Kelenic is a true five-star ability player. The ability to have speed, power, play discipline, uh, the ability to field very, very well. This is what makes... The prospect and the player of Jared Kelenic so tantalizing is because he has all of the abilities, all of the skill set, all of the tools in his tool bag to be a very consistent player. I heard uh, on the Mike Salk or Brock and Salk, I keep saying them, the Mike Salk show, the Brock and Salk show of VNSL Sports Station, that 
He reminds him of Josh Donaldson and Dustin Pedroia. And I believe it's perfect because Josh Donaldson's kind of a jerk. Has been for pretty much his whole career. Didn't like people didn't like him in Toronto. Hell of a ball player. Finished in MVP ratings in back-to-back seasons. Him and Jose Bautista literally carried the Toronto Blue Jays for years before Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was even a thought or a dream, right? But showing the speed hustle on or showing the speed on the hustle double, the ability to replace Julio in center field, the power of the long home run, and the play discipline between the end of the AAA season and yesterday's performance at uh, Oakland, Jared Kelenic is currently on a 13-game hitting streak. I'm really excited to see if he can continue the hot hitting in Kansas City, where last year he had an offensive explosion in this ballpark. I hope, pray to the baseball gods that he can continue this because we desperately, direly need it. Any word you want to input into this is welcome. The Mariners need every offensive spark that they can get right now. They are tired. They are beaten up. I've heard it from Jerry twice. I've heard it from Scott twice. They are tired and beat up, and they need shots of energy in this team. And a player like Jerry Kellenick with his skill set and what he brings to the table on a day-to-day basis, and if he can continue to handle his business like he's been doing, is a massive boost for the Seattle Mariners and a well-needed, and thank God, that we have this right now because the last week has been putrid to say the least to watch these Seattle Mariners. Pitching matchup today is going to be Marco Gonzalez versus Brady Singer. Marco, obviously we know who he is. Left-handed crafty guy trying to keep you off balance. Uh, For those who don't know much about Brady Singer, right-handed pitcher, four-pitch mix, heavy sinker guy. He's going to rely on a lot of ground ball content. Very similar to uh, another pitcher they have on their... um, I can't even read my own handwriting. That's embarrassing to say. Or uh, Keller, I believe it is, is the pitcher. Very similar guy. Sinker ball heavy. He's going to throw de- de- decent velo. He's got a good ERA on the year. 307. Nine wins. So he's he's been really good. Probably the best pitcher they have for Kansas City. So if Marco can help, hopefully limit the damage the first couple of innings, allow the offense to maybe get on the board early. When we score runs early, we're really hard to beat. And maybe we can just use that formula to get this series and get this series win started with a W today in the barbecue capital of the world in Kansas City. Seattle Seahawks today are uh, in practice yesterday. Uh, have a couple of upgrades and a couple of downgrades we'll get to in a moment. The fun stat for you guys, linebacker Jordan Brooks is currently tied for fourth in the NFL in tackles while Cody Barton is eighth. These two uh, linebackers have combined for 44 tackles this season, which is time, which is in the top 10 for tandems in the NFL. But Austin Blythe was moved to a non-participant in practice yesterday. Looks like Kyle Fuller will slot in at center. He will be unable to play with a shoulder injury. Damian Lewis, Artie Burns, and Channing Wosu, Al Woods are all full, full participants in practice yesterday. I'm anticipating more deep to midfield attempts this Sunday after the comments made by Pete Monday on, on the Brock and Salk show. Just need to be more dominant in the running game in order for this scheme to fully work and come to fruition. I've talked about this countless times. When you have a running back like uh, Rashad Penny, you draft a running back like Ken Walker, you have good, uh, you know, decent tackles to start off. We don't know a whole lot about these tackles yet. They've done fairly well so far with obviously Charles Sweetfeet Cross and Abe uh, Pancake Monster Lewis, as I've been calling him on Twitter lately. This is what you need to see. You need to have tackles come in, do their job, be 
a productive, consistent line. We heard on the KJ Wright show, which for the record is the best rev thing in re- Revelation in a very long time come to Seattle Sports Station. His perspective, the way he looks at things, the way he evaluates the game, looks to the film, you know, what he's been talking about when it comes to, to, to the offense is you need to trust Geno. They don't they, they just don't trust Geno to throw the ball anything further than what, five, six yards? And we all know you can't win football games doing that. Obviously we saw Brissett last night pretty much have a have a uh, Geno light game. You know, 220 yards, 20 plus completions, no picks, uh, limit the sacks, just kind of uh, distribute the ball wherever it needs to go to. This is the remedy and the and the correct formula to take advantage of what we have this year for the fact that we obviously don't have a franchise quarterback and we're waiting for one next season. Daryl Taylor needs to be a presence in Sunday's game. He's had a very quiet start to the year. Um. It's just all offseason. The hype was about Uchea Nwosu and Daryl Taylor and, you know, re-signing Quandre Diggs, uh, drafting Boye Mafe. And I think, I mean, the, to be my personal opinion, this is what my, I feel and what I've seen so far. It's been the DBs and the linebackers that I've, that I've stolen the show. Obviously, the rookies of um, Tariq Wollin and uh, uh, I... Kobe and Kobe Bryant, excuse me, I had a brain fart there for a second, have been critical for this. But in order for those guys to be able to put and play aggressively on the ball, you need to have edge rushers like Enchanted uh, Wosu, who's been creating havoc. You need to get Boyan Moffat on the field often. I've been talking about that a lot this week. And Daryl Taylor, you need to wreck havoc, dude. You were drafted to be a problem, to be the next Frank Clark, you know? You, we, you, we need you to play like you're capable of playing. You, you need to tackle the ball carrier in the backfield. Maybe, I don't know if it's if it's execution. I don't know if it's the play calls being called. I don't know if it's, um, they're not the correct calls being called over. If they're just kind of being aggressive at the wrong times. Who knows? I'm not a defensive coordinator. I'm just an, I'm just an outside analyst guy trying to figure out what to make out of this recent, you know, struggles when it comes to overall defense because we have not played overly great. Yeah, Monday night against the Broncos was fun was fun to watch. We still allowed a lot of yards. So which is anticipated, especially when you have as many young guys as they do on defense. Perhaps this is the game to see Miles Adams get more playing time in general. I've yet to see much of any interior pass rush this year besides for, for Shelby Harris. Quentin Jefferson has hasn't done anything. Al Woods is, is a beast, but he's more of a run stopping presence than anything else. So if you can find a way to get Boy Mafia on the field, get Miles Adams on that field, and find a way to get Daryl Taylor to be more active, I can almost guarantee you, obviously I can't physically guarantee you because I'm not playing, I'm not dictating what's being called, but this is a good uh, a good way and a good remedy to get this defense into firing on all cylinders, and that's what it's going to be taking to beat a team like the Atlanta Falcons who are led by Marcus Mariota. Well, uh, so quickly on college football, um, I don't have a whole lot this week on this, mostly just predictions, and I apologize for this, but it's kind of hard to feel this week because it could go in so many different directions. UW playing Stanford, I got them going 31-20 to over Stanford. Stanford's not a very good program this year, struggling mightily on offense and defense. Uh, typically, the David Shaw-led teams, uh, who was the head coach for Stanford, for those who don't know, Always has his guys ready. Excuse me. I go against UW. Um, Michael Penix just continuing to lead the way, man. Just do what you've been doing. 
be the leader that, that you are and be the dynamic playmaker that, that, that you are and distribute the ball to, to, to the outside. I would like to see the running game be a little bit better this week, but uh, Stanford's usually had a pretty good run uh, defense throughout the years with David Shaw. I believe through the air is where they'll be weak in general. Wazoo. Um, unfortunately, I have them taking the L this week versus Oregon. Oregon's just a super tough team. They're playing really well, especially after the week one loss. 27-20 is what I guess it's going to be. I think it could be it could be bigger, it could be smaller, obviously, but I think a touchdown is about right for this. This game has the ability to be game of the week. Huge opportunity for Wazoo versus a second-ranked opponent, and we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Hanley, the linebacker, continues to play well. Uh, Cam Ward and the rest of those players over in the Palouse where they will be hosting this weekend tomorrow. We're walking it off. Mariners travel to the Great Beat Barbecue Town of Kansas City to battle the Royals during the day at 5 p.m. as we await the results and the word of the MRI for the truth of Julio Rodriguez. All we can do is be patient and hope it's something that can be healed up within the next 10 days. If he indeed does need to go on the 10-day on the IL, you'll see players such as Taylor Trammell um, or Forrest Wall, or maybe they have Dylan Moore play center field, but I would not anticipate Dylan Moore to play center field due to giving J.P. Crawford some extra days off at shortstop. UW, keep the good times rolling versus the pesky Stanford Cardinals who always find a way to play hard versus the UW. Yeah, Wazoo, man. This is a uh, this is your opportunity to show and prove the nation that you deserve to be ranked, especially after you were essentially ignored after the uh, after the W and the win over a tough team in Wisconsin that you played at Madison in their home. Seahawks, you gotta play a clean game Sunday. Limit the mindless penalties, the holding, the you know the offsides, the false starts, stuff like that. Legal block in the backs. Have good days from uh, good days from Ken Walker. Rashad Penny are critical for the Seahawks to be able to get a dub on Sunday. Gino, just please stay efficient and throw the ball deep to DK and lock it when it's available. Don't don't press the ball down down the field. Don't feel like you need to, you know, create something out of midair. Take what the defense gives you. Do what you did for versus Denver. Atlanta's defense is decent. They have Grady Jarrett and a couple other players, but they're not a great defense or anything. Uh, pretty evenly matched on as far as star goes on, on, on the defense between both teams. So that will be something to watch. Pass rush, you got to show up. Allow for these young DBs to make some plays. Tariq Wallen, Kobe Bryant. Um, sounds like Kobe Bryant will be starting at the slot. Justin Coleman will be out this week with his calf injury. Mariners, please just get this dub today. Jared Koenig, we believe in you, kid. Let's go. Rise and shine. Time to fit into those big boy pants and, and notch them up because it's time to, you know, lay waste to these Kansas City Royals and get this magic number down to maybe seven today. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that is today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. If you guys are new to the podcast or if you are on the fence, if you enjoy the content I bring to you on four to five days a week, please do me a favor and subscribe to the channel. Or to the podcast, excuse me, I keep saying the channel. I do have a YouTube channel, but I'm in the works of getting a 4K camera to do some live videos when I do these podcasts for you guys to see if you guys enjoy that as well. But hope you guys have a beautiful football baseball weekend. Mariners, please get that dub. Please get a series win today. Let's start off on, on a bang today. Seahawks, please get a win on Sunday. UW, Wazoo, let's just continue to keep the, the good times rolling on west and east side of the mountains. 
Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day for listening to my podcast. See us rise. Go Hawks. And peace.